Welcome to the Contact Center Gurus, the podcast for contact center and customer experience leaders. Learn best practices, new technologies, tips and tricks, and more. Today's episode is sponsored by Support Logic. Support Logic is the world's first support experience platform for customer support leaders, helping you move from providing reactive to proactive support. Reduce customer escalations by 40%, reduce customer churn by 25%, improve proactive outreach by 60% and more. Extract the voice of the customer in real time without surveys. Elevate your customer support and transform your customer experience with groundbreaking applications for next-generation customer service and support. Change the game with applications that leverage innovative AI and NLP technology, intelligent workflows, and intuitive UI for the SX platform. Sign up now for a free sandbox environment at www.supportlogic.io. This podcast is sponsored by Balto. Do your reps forget the right things to say on calls? Do they frequently put customers on hold because they don't know the answer? Or maybe they forget to ask discovery questions that help qualify customers. With Balto, you can guide each rep through their conversations at the push of a button. Balto rides along your rep's screens, listens to both sides of the conversation, and shows them the best things to say live on the call. After just 14 weeks of using Balto, National General Insurance saw 16% higher conversions and 53-second lower handle times. Head over to balto.ai backslash guru to get a free pair of Bose headphones for a demo. That's B-A-L-T-O dot A-I backslash G-U-R-U. This podcast is also sponsored by OzoneTel. Is a contact center part of your customer service strategy? OzoneTel's AI-assisted platform will help you deliver the best experience possible. It's an affordable contact center solution with advanced features, deep native integrations, and outstanding service. There are no contracts or annual commitments, and you can get a basic contact center deployed within hours. Experience it yourself with a free trial at www.ozonetel.com. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Tech Gurus. Cloud Tech Gurus are the hottest technology matchmakers for contact center leaders in the country. Sourcing technologies and solution providers is grueling, time-consuming, and complicated. They make the process simpler and more efficient. The gurus map out your requirements, source solutions providers, help you choose the one that is the right fit, and help manage the implementation, all at no cost. They work with nearly every major vendor, more than 150 solutions providers, and are vendor agnostic. They help save you time, money, and headaches. Visit www.cloudtechgurus.com to learn more. Now, let's listen in. All right. Welcome to the Contact Center Gurus podcast. And I'm your host, Jessica Voss. Voss like the water if anyone's drinking it right now. And I have some special guests, Darren Prine and Rob Enslow. And I'd like to first have you guys introduce yourselves and talk about who you are. So I'll kick it off to Darren. I am Darren Prine. I've been in the contact center space for gosh, over 12 years now. I'm the former 
president for the West Coast chapter of SOCAP uh, and uh, have either worked in sales or run sales for multiple CCAS providers over the last 12 years. Wow, perfect, awesome. And I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. Glad to be in Scottsdale. So I bet you uh, loved the rain today. I don't know if it rained over there. It was awesome. <laughs> Lightning, thunder, rain, I loved it. Yeah, it wasn't a 115 degrees today, which I yeah. love it too. Wait till August, the monsoon yeah. season. <laughs> and I'm based out of Phoenix, Arizona too. So we get it. We live in the sun during the summer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, and Rob. Yeah, so uh, I started my career in uh, contact center tech back in 2010 and uh, stepped away from it in 2015. Um, for uh, a brief uh, moment, enough to know where my heart was, and now I'm back. Uh, but um, along the way, I've sold multiple platforms, in, including InContact, Five9, Bright Pattern, uh, Genesis, LiveOps, uh, TCN, um, just you know, a slew of different providers, and and. Um, have seen probably every pro every problem a contact center faces uh, I've seen. And, and uh, so it's neat to be able to walk in uh, to a contact center now with without an agenda, right? And to have their best interest in mind. So yeah, I love what we do. Yeah, we'll get into that. And uh, for those of you who don't know me, I've also been in the contact center world 20 years. I'm trying not to count up, but I just keep getting more gray hairs every single year. So yeah, long time I've been in sales, consulting. Uh, I've helped many companies, you know, in the realms of helping with operations, people, processes, technology. So I thought we uh, first could get off with the cloud tech gurus. So I'd love for you guys to first share who the cloud tech gurus are and uh, what's happening out there. Sounds good. Um, if you like, I, I have a little brief presentation. It's only 150 slides. Uh, we <laughs> love slides, huh? PowerPoint. Yeah. Hold on, let me get my uh, pillow and blinky. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I'll do it pretty briefly. So uh, Cloud Tech Gurus, we are contact center technology matchmakers. And all of us have been around the block for a long time, working for various contact center and customer engagement technologies. And we've come to find that there's a lot of challenges when companies have to source and procure various technologies. And Cloud Tech Gurus has created a revolutionary or transformative means for companies to source technology solutions more efficiently and more effectively. Uh, step one, we spend 20 plus hours a week vetting out uh, vendors, and we look for vendors that would be considered ultra-modern, next generation, cutting edge, and even disruptive, where there's just nothing like it out there in the industry. And they also have to be customer-centric, they have to have a great value proposition or savings or ROI, um, and very competitive type of pricing as well. And so we're vetting out vendors for our portfolio or technology marketplace. And we think we have a portfolio at this point, 130 plus vendors and 50 solutions categories that is the best in the world. And that's one aspect to how we can help companies source technology solutions. 
Um, that the next part is how do companies currently source? And I think all of us from, from being in the business in a while, uh, usually there's a few steps you commonly see when it comes to sourcing. And uh, well, step one, which I don't have on this slide is uh, in most companies, uh, step one is to uh, ignore calls and emails from vendors. <laughs> try, to, yes. try not to learn anything new if you can help it up until the point where your boss says, hey, we need to source a new speech analytics solution or a new CCAS or a new this or that. And then, uh-oh, um, maybe you have some vendors used in the past and you're calling them again. But otherwise, you know, step one for most companies, Google searches. And the problem there is all the companies that show up uh, they paid for that positioning. It doesn't mean they're perfect for, for a company's specific requirements. But then the big problems come that each vendor wants their own discovery meetings. So you end up in multiple repetitive discovery meetings. And then each week, those salespeople meet with their bosses to do their pipeline meeting. And there's a lot of pressure put on them. And then they try to pressure their clients to close. And I think that's uncomfortable. I don't think any any client that's sourcing technology loves that part. Um, so we wanted to come up with a better way uh, around that for, for our clients. Then you have industry analysts, people read the Wait, can you back up to, uh, so the Google searches. So I'm a victim of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we're programmed to go to Google as the first source to look for not just technology, anything. Like yeah. I was looking for a pretty, you know, black boots. <laughs> I go to Google or Amazon. So Rob, I'd like to get your input on the, the Google searches part on, you know, how can we maybe stop that habit or maybe what are the insights of what's happening on, you know, Google searches? Yeah, you know, it, you bring up a good point and this is kind of really where you know, I think it's it's uh, we, we've been a little creative in this in this uh, in this area, but I mean, today you're right. Everybody goes to Google. They they search on Google, and if you know they they don't really go to the next page. <laughs> oftentimes, sometimes they'll go to page two, maybe page three, but less than one percent will even go. I didn't even know there was more than one page. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah. So so. Um, and and really that that when Darren was was talking about this, it just it brought to mind really really our our, our mindset uh, with trying to identify vendors that aren't on the first page of Google that should be, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so yeah. and so it's it's you it's it's nice to be able to. I mean, it's definitely more difficult to mine those types of vendors, but. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of, uh, I think, one of our sweet spots in, in how we're able to identify very cutting edge, very, very niche, very uh, uh, disruptive uh, players that, that you might not find in a Google search. Mm -hmm. And most of the folks that do the sourcing in a company, they have a full-time job. They had something they were doing that kept them busy eight yeah. or 10 hours a day before the boss said, hey, go source a new CCAS provider for us or something else. And, uh, and so, yeah, Google's a, a big part of that. The industry reports. I mean, if you've worked for vendors, especially SaaS vendors, you find out that most of these guys are pay to play. If you pay enough money and spend enough time with them, you could be listed on their reports. And they tend to also only go as safe bets, companies that have been around a long time, brands that everybody already knows. And then what, what comes along with that is they tend to have older tech stacks. 
and they haven't really adopted any of the evolution of technology of the last, say, two to five years. Um, yeah, those analysts. So, yeah, I know a few and, you know, I don't have a problem with uh, anyone at Gardner or Frost and Sullivan or many of the other analysts. So this is not a bash, but I noticed, you know, some of the quadrants, they only have a handful and it's usually the same providers every single year when I'm like, what technology is innovating at the rate of a millisecond? Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's got to be more than just these handful out there. And then, you know, I've been told the, the rates have gone up. So it's, it's kind of a disservice in a, in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a client told me uh, yesterday or day before, he said, you know, usually when I look at these industry analyst reports, uh, I'm hard pressed to find a vendor whose tech stack isn't at least 10 years old. <laughs> so what about all the new, the new providers? And, and a lot of them nowadays are super well-funded and have a great executive team and have super modern technologies. Um, they're getting ignored for the most part by these industry analysts. Yeah, and I think the analysts do, do a decent job. Um, and like I said, I have a few friends there, but I also know like clients and clients have to pay Gartner a fee to be part of Gartner to use their analysts to recommend solutions. Um, so you have to like be in the club, whether you're a supplier or an end client, you have to pay to both have to pay to play. Yep. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And uh, so, yeah, what's that next one you have there? Review sites. And uh, I just think my personal experience is that most of the SaaS companies that I work for usually marketing uh, sends out emails to all the employees. Hey, fill out a review, <laughs> get your friends to fill out reviews. And, uh, and so I, I, I've tended to find that the review sites can be a little skewed in their grading because of so many uh, employees and other people that are actually filling out reviews versus actual real customers. You know, you compare that to what you see on Glassdoor <laughs> with employees that have left the company and actually <laughs> left their opinion of it. And there's a discrepancy there. Definitely. Yeah. I've even seen, I mean, even just the other day, I mean, this is, this is, uh, you know, not trying to toot our own horn, uh, but I, I tried to look for a bad review on one of our vendors and I couldn't find one. And so yeah, that's really uh, the, the acid test, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, on the review sites. Yeah, I learned about uh, review sites probably four years ago on how a little bit misleading they could be. I was looking for like a home air purifier uh, for one of our rooms. And all the review sites, every single one had a different number one and different purifiers on there. And then when I dug into the site or the page, I saw it was sponsored by whoever was number one on the review site. <laughs> coincidence? I'm like, oh, that's a coincidence. So I could just put up a review site, put my product as number one, put some competitors on there and bada boom, bada bing. Yeah. So uh, I could contest to this, review sites can be misleading. <laughs> Yeah, which leads us to the next one. I mean, the best way for anyone to, to possibly source and procure solutions that are really a good match. I mean, there's, I mean, you look at how many, how many of us have had customers where 
They made their choice, generally not companies we worked for. And then a year later, they're sourcing again because they didn't make the right choice. Oh, a lot. That <laughs> happens, right? So the best way is to hire a consultant. That consultant's going to do a full needs assessment discovery. They're going to document all the requirements. Then they're going to screen vendors against those requirements, success criteria, and so on, and only bring the client the vendors that are a really solid match that they pre-screened and talked to and everything else. And uh, of course, the challenge there is some of the best known consultants in the industry can be a little bit pricey. I've heard of some up to 2,500 a day. So uh, if we took away the price tag though, the consultant model, that's the best way for anyone to ever source anything, right? Oh yeah, I've had uh, clients spend you know over a million dollars to have a consultant company run an RFP for them. Which is very worth it to them. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's because it's because they don't have time. When you don't mm -hmm. have time to run an RFP or to source new technology, really, you're going to pay top dollar uh, to yeah. find someone to do that for you. <laughs> well, also, when you when most of the consultants I know, they, they started off, you know, 100 years ago as a call center agent. Then they became uh, like a supervisor and then a manager then a director, and then they ran workforce management, then they had more of an opera. So they've worked through like every possible role in a contact center. So, you know, their knowledge, their experience, it's beyond what any particular person in an organization generally is gonna have. You know, somebody is sourcing CCAS, well, yeah, they, they've been a call center manager and they understand the call center from a particular a viewpoint. Of course, somebody at a higher level in that company understands it from a higher level, from a higher viewpoint. And there's aspects that they see uh, that are important that a manager might not. So now you have an expert consultant that's worked with companies that are fortune companies, to startups. Uh, their, their history and experiences ranges from pretty much every kind of role in the contact center. And so, you know, I think in a lot, in a lot of cases, they're better suited so if we took the money part off the table, they're better suited to help someone source and procure a solution than, than anybody else, than any particular employee in, in, a, in a company, no matter how great they think they might be. Yeah, definitely. And, and Jessica, uh, if you don't mind me adding to that, it just, and, and this is kind of maybe something that, you know, looking from the outside, um, you know, from the outside looking at CTG and uh, cloud tech gurus, you might not know this, but I mean, we've got very strong relationships. I'm thinking of one right now with a chief customer officer of a very large BPO and, and we have him on speed dial, you know, we consult with him. He's seen every problem that every, any call center's had and, and, you know, has owners of call centers that have 10,000 seats, uh, call him up and, and ask him for recommendations on what to use. So, so we have, you know, just this, this uh, very uh, unique, adept network of consultants who have just a rich, uh, you know, experience to draw from. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's neat to be able to be able to draw on that and, and, and help, even in situations like just yesterday, where one of our clients needed an RFP template, right, for, for voice analytics. And, you know, we had one for them. Very cool. So ultimately, we look at all of this that's, that's on the slide. And one of the things that we wanted to solve for is we wanted to create a better way for clients to source, keeping in mind what we've just covered here. And so ultimately, what we did 
is we reached out to a number of top industry consultants, consultants around contact center, uh, customer engagement, technology, business operations. Uh, and essentially, we contracted with uh, a number of them. I think we're over 30 now. Um, and essentially, what we've done is we put together a program where our clients are able to essentially work with these same consultants that often charge up to 2500 a day, but at no cost to them because we're compensating the consultants. Um, so we, on one hand, we have our technology portfolio of vendors that we carefully hand-selected and, and uh, embedded. Um, and then we have some of the best, some of the world's best contact center and customer engagement consultants that are PowTechers advisors that actually take point and work with our clients. So uh, for the same, again, same thing they would have done for 2,500 a day, they're gonna, they're gonna map out uh, and document all the requirements, success criteria, budget, timelines, all of those things. Um, they're gonna come back and work with our team to screen the vendors against uh, those requirements. And outside of our portfolio, we're pretty strict with who we have in it. We, we actually have relationships with sister master agencies where we can bring in pretty much any vendor in the world. Um, now that said, there's a number of them that we don't want in our portfolio because we wanna have next generation modern and disruptive technology providers. So, uh, but in, in a nutshell, we, we can literally bring in just about anybody that a client wants. But uh, they meet with our advisor, they document the requirements, we work with them to screen our vendors uh, to make sure we only bring ones that are a really solid match. Our, our hope is, and our goal is, is that once the clients made their selection and implemented it, they'll still be with that vendor in five years, maybe 10 years from now, um, because they're gonna have a great experience and because we matched them with the right vendor the first time. Um, and so, you know, the, the advisor, again, does uh, host, well, first off, no multiple discoveries with multiple vendors, one meeting with the advisor and to document those requirements and all those other vendor discoveries go away. And then, of course, the frustration with dealing with salespeople, while the advisor is going to shelter the client from all the salespeople because they're the point person. They're hosting, hosting and facilitating all the meetings with the vendors, with their customers, um, and they ultimately help the, help the customer choose which vendor makes the most sense. And then they monitor the implementation to make sure it goes smoothly. And then one of the coolest parts is afterwards, uh, they and CloudTechers remain an advocate for the customer and for the vendor to ensure the relationship continues to go smoothly. And I know that you know a, a customer uh, that let's say signs up with uh, XYZ company on their website and becomes a, a client. Well, when they have a problem, usually there's a ticketing system or a number they can call. And if they're not getting a response, especially if it's something important, there's not too much they can do other than gripe about it or post something on social media. But uh, our clients essentially, um, by working with us, they have a whole network of additional resources from the channel side of the house uh, with each vendor. So we're able to get involved when, when there is a situation to get it resolved much more quickly. So uh, anyhow, so, yeah, that's kind of what we're doing a, in a nutshell. Couple questions. So one, so this one's a comment. So essentially it's like the client is now getting a consultant 
but not paying the $2,500 a day fee. Is mm -hmm. that, is that essentially that? Okay. Uh -huh. and one of my questions and Rob, if you can answer this is around vetting the suppliers or vetting the solution providers that you bring into your marketplace. Yeah. What's your process? So I think, you know, it's, this is, this is really important because, you know, if, if you, um, but, you know, when wanting to be, you know, a, a unique and, and, uh, you know, kind of, kind of set the stage for disruption, you know, you have to be, you have to be, uh, very meticulous in how you, in how this process and how you conduct this process. And I think, you know, our standard process is great, but, um, I, I really like to, uh, you know, whenever uh, faced with, with um, uh, you know, with, with this task, I like to, and, and you're talking, and just, just to clarify, you're referring to not going out and, and adding new suppliers to our portfolio. You're asking, you know, in any given situation, say it's a CCAS um, or workforce management initiative going out no, to- it's a, adding a new supplier to your marketplace. Okay. How do you vet them? Because okay. I'm sure you probably can't, you don't add every single one that approaches you. <laughs> no, not at all. No, so we, you know, again, we, we liked, and I think I already um, made reference to this, but it's, it's important, I think, to under, understand kind of where, you know, where they came from, their heritage and, and you know, to ensure, and also the infrastructure. Uh, you know, there, there was a company I helped last year before they were uh, sold, um, and they had a serverless architecture for some of these older, you know, uh, providers that, that have, you know, these PBX systems really, uh, with, with all these gadgets on top of it. Um, uh, and you know, it's a hosted solution though. Right. Um, and, and, uh, and scalable, um, comparing that or even duplicating kind of what the serverless technology has, uh, for example, and, and some of these unique architectures that, that exist today, um, it would be impossible for them. They would have to completely destroy all their old infrastructure and start from scratch, I mean, literally. And so watching, looking for those types of, of uh, key points, I, I think is, is really, uh, um, you know, first and foremost, Kind of really where where they can't you know they can't even differ or they can't uh, um, uh, you know compete uh, with the other ones uh, because of you know whatever it might be you know uh, infrastructure starting with infrastructure and then moving on into really their process as well you know whether it be uh, implementation process customer support and it's um, and and then feature set so I think just starting off you know kind of with you know, where their heritage is and where, where their focus is, uh, you know, because uh, Omnichannel, even though it was born back in the mid nineties, you know, is, is uh, you know, something that's really hot right now. And, and there's different ways to, uh, you know, to fulfill on that these days. And it's, it's changed so much. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I'll, I mean, I'll add to that in that, you know, ultimately, you know, we're looking for vendors that have incorporated the latest and greatest in technology as it can, technology evolves quicker than anything I can think of. So for instance, some of the newer uh, SaaS vendors out there are moving to what's called a federated cloud. So in the past, you know, maybe you have everything hosted in AWS or maybe it's in Azure or whatever, 
but a federated cloud is what Netflix does, where they can be hosted in Azure, AWS, Google, and others. And, and kind of over that uh, is, is a technology that basically think of it like a puppet master or an orchestra leader, where it, uh, it essentially uh, allows you to have your technology on servers in multiple disparate data, uh, data centers, but act as if they were all in the same and be all coordinated working together. So now imagine your technology is hosted in Azure, in Google, and, uh, and wherever else. Um, what are the odds you're gonna have any outages or downtime when you're hosted in all, all three or four of the biggest data center providers in the world? Very little, and, and I, I don't see Netflix going down. I watch it almost nightly. <laughs> it, it's always up and it's always working. So, you know, that's the difference. You know, a newer provider is either, is, is either close to it or working towards it and it's gonna get there. An older provider, like Rob said, they'd have to scrap their technology. So we need technology providers that are ultra modern, uh, that are next generation, um, that, that are super customer centric. And by the way, we can, there's a lot of ways we can tell that. We need to talk to the executives and understand their culture. Uh, are they one of these companies where all they really care about is, wow, we need to show a certain results so that we can get our next round of funding. Or, you know, we're trying to uh, more or less appease shareholders versus really take care of customers, right? And if you look at their pricing uh, or their agreements, boy, that'll tell you everything. You look at that, you know, oh, they don't, you know, nothing in here seems to be in my best interest. Everything seems to be in their best interest. Yeah. Uh, and that's not a customer-centric company. So customer-centric, modern technology, uh, a customer-centric culture. Um, but you pick I'll up bring up one that I hear from my clients is around a flexibility, especially around licensing and contracts. So mm -hmm. for example, there is not one contact center in company that's exactly the same. One customer may want consumption-based pricing. One customer might need concurrent-based, named-based, a mixture-based. So what I'm hearing most from my clients is like, I just wanna go with suppliers who just make it easy for me to do business with them. Like you mentioned, easy contracts, <laughs> easy terms, yeah. easy pricing. Uh, mm -hmm. easy customer service. I want to be taken care of. So that's customer experience, right? Yeah, the, definitely the customer experience. And did you know 75% of a company's revenue comes from their service department? That's like the car industry. My brother mm -hmm. is a lead mechanic at an accurate dealership here. And he said the sales side hardly makes any money. It may seem like it because the cars are 80 grand. <laughs> But really, it's the service side. He said 80% of their revenue came from the service and maintenance that goes on. And it's true across every kind of, you know, company. So mm -hmm. companies also want that same in return, <laughs> that same experience. Absolutely. I'll just cap that off by just saying, too, that, you know, when I'm reaching out to a new, a new supplier, I always like to see how they respond, you know, when I reach out to them on their website because that'll tell you whether or not they, if they use their own technology, whether they, you know, and, and it's the ones that actually are using the technology that they are, you know, saying that's so great um, and using it well and effectively that are the most impressive, I think. Oh, perfect. 
Um, yeah, and, and I know you're showing a slide, so I know this question probably comes up from clients that, you know, if they're not paying anything to you guys and not paying anything to your consultants or advisors, you know, how does a uh, payment work? So it sounds like usually the suppliers pay a, a spiff to the marketplace and then you guys take care of the advisors. And it, that seems to be, you know, a big hit with clients nowadays. Well, it's, it's, it's a situation where sometimes people will hear this model and they think, well, that sounds too good to be true. There's got to yeah. be a catch. Um, but but, but here's, here, here's how I respond to that typically. So uh, for most SaaS providers, around 40% of their closed sales comes from their direct sales channel. Now, to get direct clients, typically they have a team. Some clients have 100 to 200 what's called SDR, sales development reps or BDRs, that are out there trying to find new clients. And usually they're working in conjunction with the marketing team, and uh, they're working together to try to find new opportunities. And then they, they work through their sales cycle, and then it gets eventually to marketing qualified and then when they've continued working with the, uh, with the client and they've determined, yep, there's a real project for a solution like ours, it eventually gets the sales qualified. It then has to get passed to a salesperson who then works it through their sales pipeline. And then whatever, 30 to 50% of the time they win it and then the rest that they lose. And if you look at what's the cost per client acquisition. Now, first off, for the sales development reps, SDRs, Hi. they... Uh, their, their job tenure average is only 12 months before they burn out and quit. So you're constantly hiring and training and so on. So you have to factor that into the cost per client acquisition. So they've got the SDRs, the cost of recruiting, hiring, training, uh, attrition. You have the marketing people that are involved in that process. And then eventually the salespeople that are going to take over and work it through the sales pipeline. And then of course they only win 30 to 50% somewhere in that range of the, of the clients that they work with. So that is a significant cost, right? And uh, then you look at through uh, channel partners, which is what we are as a master agency. And, um, and essentially for less than they're actually paying to acquire a client through the direct side, they're able to work with companies like us where we bring them a client that's already qualified. We've already qualified that they're definitely looking for a solution like yours. Um, of course, we share the requirements and screen them and so on, but we're bringing them qualified opportunities and uh, for, for considerably less than it would actually cost them to get them through the direct channel. So we get actually compensated by our vendors for bringing them qualified clients and you know, working with our advisors. And then we compensate our advisors, actually the lion's share of what we get. Um, and that's how we get around their, their typical daily or monthly contract fees, which can be considerable as we've already talked about. And so, yeah, they're getting uh, the portfolio of the best vendors in the world. They're getting expert consultants at no cost to them. Um, we're getting compensated by our suppliers. And then we give the lion's share to our expert advisors for being the point people and for doing all the things that they do throughout the process of sourcing and procuring solutions for clients. Awesome. So it's not too good to be true. If you really understand <laughs> the cost per acquisition of a direct sale, it's huge. Yeah. And uh, it's actually less going through a channel partner like us. And, uh, and it's a big win. It's a win for our advisors too, because um, 
once a client works with them and likes them and trusts them, uh, over time, there's a good chance that the, the client's going to say, hey, we have some other gaps here. We, we don't have the resources to figure out a solution. Can we contract with you for a while to see if you can help us figure that out? Happens and, uh, all the time. Yep. And, and so our advisors end up, end up often ending up with, with contracting, uh, consulting contracts with clients too. We don't ask for any revenue or any share from them for that. So it's a big win for our consultant advisors. Uh, it's a big win for the client because we're giving them a better way to source at no cost to them. Uh, and of course, it's a win for us because this model we built is extremely scalable. Definitely. And I would even say, too, we haven't even talked about the marketing cost that goes into that. I mean, yes. I've seen companies where I, I sat, I, uh, one of the companies I worked for, their marketing folks walked into a room, we were in a boardroom, and, you know, they, they said, okay, we need to spend a million bucks by the end of the month. <laughs> their initiative was, take it. you think about that, and that it's, here's the thing, those are paid leads, remember? Mm -hmm. So they go to Google. They go to other websites where they can Review buy, site. yeah, buy the form that our advisors filled out for the client. <laughs> so it really, at the end of the day, it's really bringing on, you know, in that in that lead, you know, it's it's paying for a lead that really is going to be up to our advisors anywhere. Our at the experts consultants out there are either being paid. By a lot or a lot or you know part of a, a master agency program like this and lastly i would just say like with the with the consultants for all you consultants out there i've met with a lot of consultants lately who are being paid big bucks you know uh to do what we do and they actually are fascinated when i tell them how much our advisors and consultants in our industry are making when when doing it this way and when applying this model and they, they want to, they, they are actually adapting to it. A lot, a lot, a lot of them are just met with one yesterday. And so, so it's interesting because, you know, we think, wow, 2,500 bucks, you know, everybody, a lot of people would think, oh, that's great. You know, well, yeah. you actually make more money over time the other way around. And it's, it's a win all across the table. Everybody wins um, because, you know, especially our, our, and client call centers because they don't have to put any money, you know, they don't have to spend a million dollars this month, right, on marketing and pay the payrolls of, you know, 10 or 15 SDRs. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, yeah, it's definitely a modern way to source, you know, contact center technology. And for all of you listening out there, if you can document how many times Rob and Darren have said win, <laughs> the word win. <laughs> the first person to comment there, I'll send you a $25 Amex gift card or Amazon. Did we say that a lot? Yeah, because I heard win multiple times. So I guess it's a win-win-win. <laughs> I've heard it said that there's only one way to actually gauge or, or grade anything in, in this world, and that's by results. And yeah. so at least in our model, the proof has been in the pudding. Because once yeah. we've helped the client source one solution... If we're not reaching out to them, they're reaching out to us to say, hey, you know what? That was better than Google searches and all the other ways we used to source. What else can you help us with? How about HR solutions? How about robotic process automation? How about this? How about that? And we, we seem to be just moving from project to project to project with clients because they're liking this model. It's transformative. It's revolutionary. It's different from what they've done before. 
and ultimately it's producing results. Definitely. And I just cap that off. I, I think, you know, there's a lot of master agencies out there that are very successful. Um, but we're the first to ever focus exclusively on contact centers. And I think, you know, that should mean something uh, to folks in the call center looking for technology. Uh, you can turn to us. We're experts in the, in the space. Wow, you guys did, I didn't even have to say any final thoughts, that was perfect. So I, would, I love you know everything you guys mentioned, it sounds fantastic. And for all those that are listening, I'll put Rob and Darren's contact information in the notes section. So reach out to them anytime. And I wanted to say thank you to Rob and Darren from Cloud Tech Gurus. Thanks for listening to the Contact Center Gurus podcast. Make sure to visit our sponsor pages, Support Logic at www.supportlogic.io, Balto at www.balto.ai, OzoneTel at www.ozonetel.com, Cloud Tech Gurus at www.cloudtechgurus.com. Don't forget to subscribe and we will see you next time.